The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, Episode 45, November 27th, 1970, through December the 11th, 1970. You know, the time of the great bands was really a fabulous period, but unfortunately, recording techniques were in their infancy. It just wasn't possible to catch all those great sounds on 78s. For example, if you wanted to hear the best musicians around, you might dig out that old 78, which probably sounds like this.
On November 27th in America and November 30th in the UK, Apple releases the album All Things Must Pass by George Harrison. It was a triple album, and it was produced by Phil Spector. It's put out just in time for Christmas, something the Beatles had failed to do for several years. And in doing so, it sold very well. The price was high because of the three records, but people bought it in the millions, and George made a literal fortune. Record Mirror asked George how much influence Phil Spector had had. A lot, uh, actually. You see, the good thing with um, Phil for me was that I've always loved everything, you know, all those Phil Spector records. I always liked that. In fact, some of the things I was producing before my own album, I was sort of trying to figure out how he did all that. It was good because, first of all, you definitely need, an artist definitely needs somebody in the control booth because you can spend hours routining a song with musicians and come into the control box and find that it's a terrible sound. So you really need somebody, and ideally you need somebody who's sympathetic to what you, you know. So Phil was great for that. 
all the sessions for the basic tracks I did all the overdubs without him and then he came back and mixed it with me
George had said the White Album was too long and should have been only one record. Some critics felt the same about All Things Must Pass. The session people included Klaus Vorman on bass, Ringo, Alan White, and Ginger Baker on drums, Prokel Harem's vocalist and singer Gary Brooker, and members of Derek and the Dominoes. Bob Dylan was in during the recording and co-wrote I'd Have You Anytime with George.
album, George uses a lot of slide guitar. The slide is used here on Dylan's If Not For You.
The track What Is Life was for Billy Preston in 1969. George wrote it very quickly on his way to the Olympic studio in London when he was producing one of Billy's albums for Apple. Because of the situation at the session, George felt awkward in saying that he'd just written a pop song while Billy and the other musicians were playing some funky material. So George saved it for this album. I can't 
The title track, All Things Must Pass, was George's attempt to do a Robbie Robertson type of song. About the lyrics, he says that it's the same message that has been written for centuries by mystics, philosophers, and even by Timothy Leary in his psychedelic poems.
the album All Things Must Pass. Here's Ringo. As you may have guessed by now, one of my all-time fave guitarists in the whole world is George Harrison. So for you, Blue, here's to I'll rock on, George, for Ringo. John Lennon is asked about George's album. What do you think of George's album? Uh, I don't know, you know, I think it's all right, you know. When, you know, personally at home, I wouldn't play that kind of music, you know. I don't want to hurt George's feelings. I mean, I don't know how to say about it, you know. I think it's better than Paul's. I thought Paul's was rubbish, you know. I, I think he'd make a better one when he's frightened into it. But I thought that first one was just a load of, I told you, light and whatever, you know, that crack. But when I hear, listen to the radio, and I hear George's stuff coming over, well, then it's pretty bloody good, you know. On December 8th, John was interviewed for Rolling Stone magazine by Jan Winner. In the interview, John made no subject off limits. He covered everything from growing up in Liverpool to the current Beatles breakup. The interviews were printed in two parts and set for publication in the issues of January and February 1971. On December 11, 1970, Apple releases John Lennon Plastic Ono Band. It takes the critics by surprise after his other solo efforts. It has no title on the cover, just a pastoral picture of John and Yoko sitting under a tree. John's album opens with funeral chimes, then moves into a lament about his late mother, Julia. It starts out with uh, bells. Yeah. Why? Uh, well, I was watching uh, TV, as usual, in California, and there was this old horror movie on, and I just heard that bells sounded like that to me. Well, they're probably different, because those were actually other bells slowed down that I used on the album. They just sounded like that, and I just thought, oh, that's how to start Mother. And that was like the death knoll of the mother-father Freudian trip.
your court, you go for feeling or for uh, perfection of the sound? Uh, well, I, I like both. You know, I go for feeling. Most, most takes a, a write-off, and uh, most times I sang it and played it at the same time. You know, I can't stand putting the back in, which is what we used to do a lot in the old days, but they're always dead, you know. That got into that sort of dead Beatles sound or dead recording sound. So I like to, some of them like second take or something right off, you know. songs just came out of me you know I didn't sit down to think I'm gonna write about my mother or I didn't sit down to think I'm gonna write about this that or the other they all came out you know like all the best work of anybody's ever does you know
Anybody that sings with a guitar and and just sings about something heavy will tend to sound like Dylan. I'm bound to be influenced by those because that's the only kind of really folk music I ever listened to. I never liked the fruity Colin, Judy Collins, and Byers and all that stuff, you know. So the only folk music I know is those the minor dungaree, you know, that sort of about miners up in Newcastle or Dylan. So in that way, I'd be influenced, you know. But it doesn't sound like Dylan to me. Soon as you're born, they make you feel small by giving you no time instead of it all. Till the pain is so big you feel nothing at all. A working class hero is something to be. Working class hero is something to be. They hurt you at home and they hit you at school. They hate you if you're clever and they despise a fool. Till you're so fucking crazy you can't follow their rules. Working class hero is something to be. A working class hero is something to be. When they've tortured and scared you for twenty odd years, then they expect you to pick a career. When you can't really function, you're so full of fear. A working class hero is something to be. A working class hero is something to be. Keep you doped with religion and sex and TV. You think you're so clever and classless and free, but you're still fucking peasants, as far as I can see. A working class hero is something to be. A working class hero is something to be. Room at the top, they are telling you still. But 
First you must learn how to smile as you kill If you want to be like the folks on the hill A working class hero is something to be A working class hero is something to be If you want to be a hero, well, just follow me If you want to be a hero, well, just follow me The album had a depressed feeling to it. Nonetheless, it was widely acclaimed and welcomed. Everyone applauded Lennon's return to record-making. It was worth the pain just to see John productive again. On the sessions were Ringo and Klaus Vorman, with a little help from Billy Preston and Phil Spector. John played all guitars and piano.
Side 2 opens with John's view on life while having no regrets.
what's November 5th? In England, it's the, the day they blew up the Houses of Parliament. We celebrate it by having bonfires every November the 5th. I just, it just was an ad lib, you know. We'd been doing, it was about the third take, and I just got to the remember, and it begins to sound like Frankie Lane, you know, when, when, when you sing, you remember. And then it was the end, I didn't know how to go, remember the 5th of November. You know, and I just broke up, and it w went on for about another seven or eight minutes, you know, I was just ad libbing and goofing about. But then I cut it there and just exploded. Because it was a good joke. And we, haven't you ever heard of the, uh, Guy Fawkes? That's the Guy Fawkes day, yeah. And I thought it was just poignant that we should blow up the House of Parliament. <laughs> okay? Yes, thank you. Look at me. Who am I supposed to be? Who am I supposed to be? Look at me. supposed to be the Beatles double album time you know I just never got it got it done you know there's a few like that lying around the next song explains John's disillusionment with idols and ideologies from E. Ching Bob Dylan Elvis and the Bible from tarot to the Beatles themselves how did you um, uh, put together the litany God what's litany well the, the uh, I don't believe in, in magic it starts off 
Well, like a lot of the words, they just came out of my mouth. It started off like that, you know. So God was stuck together from three songs almost. I had the idea God is a concept by which we measure our pain. So when you have a, a, a word like that, you just sit down and sing the first tune that comes into your head. And the tune is the symbol, God is a concept. Boom, 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 boom. You know, because I like that kind of music. And then I just rolled into it. I don't believe in magic. And it was just going on in my head. And I Ching and Bible, and the first three or four just came out, whatever came out, you know. Did you, and when did you know that you were going to be working towards the to I don't believe in Beatles? I don't know when I realized I was putting down all, all, all these things that I didn't believe in, you know. I could have gone on. It was like a Christmas card list, you know. I thought, well, where do I end? You know, Churchill and uh, who have I missed out? We got like that. You know, and I thought, I had to stop, you know. Yeah, and then I was going to leave a gap and say, just fill in your own, you know, for whoever you don't believe in. in. It was just get, got out of hand, you know. So, But Beatles was the final thing, because uh, it's like I no longer believe in, in myth, you know, and Beatles is another myth, you know. I don't believe in it. The, the dream's over, you know. And I'm not just talking about the Beatles is over. I'm talking about the generation thing. The dream's over, like, it's over, you know. And we got to, well, I have, anyway, personally got to get down to so-called reality. After hearing this song, anyone who thought the Beatles would reunite thought again.
just believe in me. incredible track Ringo Starr and you know Billy Preston never put his hands in the wrong place never and I've known him since he was 16 uh, he's one of the few musicians who never put his hand in the wrong place he was on Let It Be and they got on real well and Klaus Foreman Billy loved the band and they loved Billy John actually said come on Billy do a little of your gospel piano it's about God you know <laughs> So he inspired him to do something about his, you know, something. That's his upbringing. Billy uh, learned piano playing and organ playing in church. And that's, uh, he really believed in God. And, and that's the way he plays on this song. It's beautiful. It's interesting just hearing the two sounds of the pianos, actually. I mean, one is, is a normal classical piano, a Steinway piano, which Billy Preston played. And then we've got the honky-tonk piano, which is a simpler playing, just a rhythm piano, uh, which is what John played. Both, both Steinway pianos, but just a totally different sound. I'll just sell out the drums here, just to give you... It's interesting just hearing these. And the fact that each one of these toms, tom fills, are all different. I've never done a fill the same twice. Because um, when I do it, it's what. It's where I'm at at that moment, you know. And so if you want to then re-record that track, I'll do a fill in that space, but it won't be the same. You know, my way of drumming, yeah, I can keep time. But when the fill, which I always feel is my art, is it has to do with the, the surrounding atmosphere at that moment. During this period, John had been going through Arthur Janov's primal scream therapy, and it shows in the way he wrote and sang this song.
the album John Lennon Plastic Ono Band. Are you pleased with the album? Yes. This from the top. Of course I'm pleased with it. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's the best thing I've ever done. I think it's uh, realistic. It's true to, the, to me that has been developing over the years from in my life, like I'm a loser, help, strawberry fields. They were all personal records. I always wrote about me. I, I didn't really enjoy writing third-person songs about people who lived in concrete hat flats and things. I like first-person music. And now I wrote all about me, you know? And that's why I like it. It's me and nobody else. I think uh, I think it'll probably scare him, you know, into doing something decent. <laughs> and then he'll scare me into doing something decent and I'll scare him like that. John Lennon finished up 1970 with his major Plastic Ono Band album. The theme is rejection, facing it, dealing with it, hoping to banish it from his future. Starting with Mother Love, John turns to hero worship with his damning denunciation of a host of idols. As I remember, it hit the shops just in time for the 1970 holiday season. That was around eight months after Paul McCartney had gone public with the Beatles' breakup by releasing his debut solo album. I also recall how some people bought Lennon's new album that year thinking it'd be a great holiday gift for the Mop Top fans on their shopping lists. But a platter of jolly good cheer it was not. Inside the LP jacket, between the pastoral cover photo and the back cover shot of the artist as Innocent Kid, there lurked songs seething with pain and anger. The first thing that happens to you when you get the album is you can't take it. Everybody's reacted exactly the same. I think, F Well, as John anticipated in his Lennon Remembers interview December 8th, 1970, the week Plastic Ono Band came out, the reaction to it was just about universally negative. The honchos at Capitol Records thought he'd flipped out and weren't terribly helpful in promoting it. Music critics dumped a ton of acid adjectives on it, and even Lennon's most loyal fans had a tough time swallowing some of the tracks. Regardless, John always thought the album was his most honest work, both lyrically and instrumentally. He defended it to the hilt when it was released back then and for years afterwards. As far as I'm concerned, the best piece of work I ever put out as a piece of work, not as a commercial or the best track or anything, I think is still the Mother album. I call it the Mother Working Class Hero album. as a piece of art, inverted commas, that I think is the best piece of work. Coming up in a moment, the Beatles' court hassles hit the headline. Next on Yesterday and Today. Contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time.
I'm Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. (laughs) Wow. And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the show's As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. You can head to our social media pages. That's Facebook.com slash Yesterday and Today Podcast or Facebook.com slash Third Men. Or you could head to Society6 dot com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's society the number six dot com slash K A M I N S K I Family Podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. <laughs> Guys, we need your help. Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. Thank you, Dad. All right, we'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me.